Welcome to Let's Talk About Treks, an episodic review of today's visions of the future featuring Earl Grey and Jack Dorino. Welcome to the show, everybody. Today we are going to be reviewing season three of Star Trek Discovery's premiere episode. It's called That Hope Is You, part one. Today we're going to be doing something a little bit different, a little bit of an experiment. We're going to be doing a simul watch. The way that works is that we're going to be watching it, and we hope that you will be watching it along with us. In fact, to help achieve this, we will be counting down to when we press play. For example, mm -hmm. we are go in three, two, one, go. And you push play on go, and we'll push play on go, and we'll watch the episode along with you. Won't it be fun? <laughs> yes, let's hope. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode, and uh, let us know what you think of it. Thank you very much. Enjoy the show. Hello, this is Earl Gray, and we are Let's Talk About Treks, and I am with my co-host. Jack Dorino, that's me. What are we doing today, Jack? Well, what's, what's on the agenda? I think today we're welcoming you, sir, to season three of Star Trek Discovery. Is that, uh -oh. that correct? Have you done your homework? Am I ready to lose my trigenity? Are you ready to jump into the plot hole into the future? Plot hole? <laughs> sure. Jump through that plot hole. We'll be in the 32nd century and things will be okay. We gotta get free of all that cannon. We gotta blast or get shot by our cannon into the 31st century. Cannon blasted into the, into the cannon blasted us into the 32nd century. Or is it the 31st? Well, it was 3188. So. That's 32nd century. That would be the 32nd? Sorry. So, uh, so you, you had a viewing of this once. I guess so. Did I just drop that? <laughs> oh, I've, so I, so just so we're clear, I've seen this episode, I've seen the first, uh, you know, season three, episode one, That Hope Is You, part one. I've seen it several times. So, uh, there's a couple things that confused me. Mm -hmm. Why did we blow up the suit? Well, wasn't a lot of the sphere data in it? I think it's in the ship, the sphere data. Oh, that's right. Cause they couldn't just, they wanted to destroy the ship and they couldn't. Yeah, the, the sphere yeah. data wouldn't let them. Yeah, so we we had to send the uh, had to send it there to uh, had to send to send the last signal. I think is maybe what what the yeah uh, she had to send the last signal, yeah. but there was no the plot hole was collapsing. So in order to escape the collapsing plot hole, she had uh -huh. to send it through and then destroy it, uh -huh. just in case it didn't have time to make it back through. Does that pretty much make sense? I, I mean, they have, the, they have the specs on board the Discovery because they built it there, right? So if we need another suit, we need another suit. We just make one, right? I, I, I guess, unless they, you know, somehow wrote a virus into the specs that if they were accessed again, they would. Yeah, I mean, we just have to go to Boreth and go get a new time crystal. <laughs> go to Zahia and get a new. Um, uh, oh, well, you know, I mean, they chipped off enough time thing. crystal to have backup time crystal. Oh, that's good. That's cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, cause I don't uh, think they did. I'm just... Some... I'm just saying they, they'll probably that's that that could be the next plot hole. Yeah, so like, if... you're you're talking about inconsistencies in Star Trek. Oh, am I? What are you talking about? There are no inconsistencies in Star Trek. I am about to tell you no. Yes, there are. Please, please, <laughs> please explain to me the error of my ways. Okay, so I sent you the video link to a YouTube video that's going through like everything he got, went through to do his research for the video. He went through every single episode and wrote down all the con inconsistencies wow. and he 
touched on, you know, a good 10 or 20 of them in the video. Because now I have to put the link to that in the sh in the show notes for this show, correct? Uh, sure, we should cite our sources. Done. Done. <laughs> See, guys, it's already there in the show notes. There you go. Here's your link. Yeah. So the the YouTube channel is Triangulum Audio Studios. Triangulum Audio Studios. Yes. Okay. And he references the fact how some of the fans that are divided about New Trek are saying that there's all these inconsistencies in New uh, Trek, as if there were no inconsistencies yeah. through the rest of Trek. And it's like, okay, so when Star Trek The Motion Picture came out, the last time we saw Klingons, they had smooth foreheads. And all of a sudden, for no reason, sure. Klingons have wrinkly foreheads. Sure. And Gene Roddenberry's response is, what are you talking about? That's the way they've always looked at, right. looked before. You know, you're you're just now, you were seeing them on analog before, and now you're seeing them on widescreen, big, giant movie 4K. Okay, so sure, now you can just see them better. Now you can just see them better. Okay. That was Gene Roddenberry's response. But he, he lists a few, quote, inconsistencies in Star Trek before Discovery and these new Star Treks. Sure. And the uh, 80s and 90s of Trek. Yes. Yes. Well, and into the oddies. We don't talk about that. Oh, you talk about that. That's not... I talked about that. Yeah, it's all you. We're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna give you a better perspective to 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 better base your uh, yeah, decision yeah. on. I will I will try. I would sooner watch Firefly. <laughs> I own Firefly, and I've never yeah. watched yeah. beyond the pilot. I don't know why. Yeah, I I understand it. I don't yeah. know why. I want to. Do you really? If you really want yes. to, would you just watch it? Yeah. I've got a big DVD collection, and sometimes it's just like this compulsion just to buy it and have it on my shelf, but oh, never watch it. Super interesting. <laughs> okay. I own the the complete series of Firefly. I own Serenity. I'm looking at them right now. Mm -hmm. See, the, see right there is Serenity on the middle shelf. Uh, so the, and on the, the bottom uh, shelf, other camera. I was thinking. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and here on the bottom shelf is uh, Firefly at the end. And there you go. Yeah, you, you guys saw it. <laughs> so anyway, where were we? We're ready for our simul watch. Simul watch. Ready for the episode. So I'm on the thumbnail. I'm ready to hit enter. Are, is that where you're at? Yeah, I got squid ships. I'm on zero 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 three. Loading again. That's where I am. I. I'm on zero 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 three. I am at zero 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 three. All right, let's go. Okay, so uh, counting down, three, two, one, go. Okay, so I think you're, uh, I don't know, I think one of us is a little off, but that's okay. So, right. so yeah, Discovery did have We can at least uh, the, the same scenes at the same time. Yeah. Should it. I turn mine down? No, it's, it's going to be fine. Can you hear mine? Can you, can you hear me? Can you yeah, hear I can me? hear yours. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yes, I can. I can hear you too. Okay. That's great. I'm gonna turn everything down. So I like the little tiny foot at the back. The little foot at the back of the uh, 
the book of back of the shuttle i don't know if you noticed that one but like in addition to the, having the the warp nacelles that it sits on the shuttle spock shuttle it's also sitting on little feet <laughs> each of the each of the nacelles has a foot and then the back of it has a foot and that wormhole looks like an eyeball well i mean the original series shuttles had those that little foot Yeah. So do we think this is this a holographic bird or is this just like a, I guess it is a holographic bird. So they don't pick up right where we left off at the end of season two. Well, well, we do sort of, we pick, because we pick up, well, we pick off, well, okay. So we pick up slightly before it and okay. So by the way, during yeah. ladies and gentlemen, during the, the first viewing of this, during our first simul watch of this show uh earl and i <laughs> were watching and uh earl provided the title for this episode everything is microbeads <laughs> so I'm, sure, I'm sure you all will enjoy that one or have enjoyed that one or are enjoying that one everything is microbeads <laughs> i can't wait for i can't wait for everything is microbeads part two because indeed everything is microbeads <laughs> except for that suitcase which is really poorly sculpted i've noticed the, is it poorly sculpted? yeah like it's made i don't know if it's made of clay or something but it's like it's not like the lines on it are not straight and it's well, not that makes it a little bit well i mean maybe by yeah if they just replicated it by then but maybe it comes from a time before uh they were able to make replicate things in perfect symmetry uh, maybe it is just what? actually hand i mean people still by by the 31st century could still hand make stuff too there could be still a desire to oh uh, well see, he said that that flag's been in his family for yeah but right, people, can we spoil the no but or by this time no no oh, but hang on but by this time people weren't really making things by hand right because hello sweet uh spoilers spoilers Spoilers. Spoilers. Okay, never mind. I take it back. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that there's a small spoiler. The one small spoiler is that you'll find out soon that people aren't making things by hand. They're like people not. Don't, no, people don't really know how to make things by hand. Um, I. I'm certain that you will love the story that it that encompasses. Out of wood? Like people, like people just don't know how to make art things. Wink, wink. Oh. Hand. Just Aww. love things. It's okay. You know. Well, there, there's with replicator technology. There's something I've been wondering in the real world. If we ever get replicator technology, are we? Is that going to totally put m moot anything ain't old of value? You could just replicate one that looks like that thing of value. Yeah, I think there's How a carbon you dating. Know? You can carbon dating. Yeah, I mean, but that would be. Well, maybe you could just do that, you know. I tell you, the thing but, that the thing that Michael Burnham does at the beginning of every every season, what is it? <laughs> Tumbling through space. Yeah, flying through space by herself. Mm -hmm. It's the thing she does. I don't know what it is. Just to have it, she yes. must uh, take a lot of. Um, it's like what's it's it called. It's contractual. <laughs> he said, "I uh, yeah, I'll be on Star Trek, but every episode, every at beginning of every season, I have to be flying through space all by myself." So. Doing, doing my uh, Iron Man impression in, in, on my face with the holograms. Uh, 
So that was not a crater that she made. It was a crater that was already there. Oh, I see that now. That she landed just on the rim of the crater. Yeah. Good place to land if you're not trying to... Yeah. Alter the timeline or alter the development of that yeah. planet. So here's a question, though. The mass of a size of a human body... If that were to hit the planet, our planet should have been a crater, today, right? It, there should have been a crater. Yeah, a bigger crater than she left. Yeah, not to point out any inconsistencies in Star Trek, but I think they have a, they. <laughs> there, I don't know if there's no Andre Andre Bormanis or whatever, but there's no. Uh, I don't know if there's no science consultant like they, they seem to have an issue with science here, for, for me. In this show, like Why the science. That? I, I don't know. They just seem to have an issue with science. Like that wasn't that's an issue with science. Like physics tells me that that should have been a crater, <laughs> like of some sort. And she should like she shouldn't have been able to be buried under a bunch of gravel without it being a crater. You see what I'm saying? But you know, hmm. it's I'm gonna let it go because it's it's Star Trek. So well, and and you know, you got your rocky gravelly planet again to make it look like an alien planet. Well, I, mean, I mean, how many times have they gone to a planet that's just nothing but gravel on the ground? You know what? Earth doesn't have any gravel, so that's why it makes it definitely an alien planet. Because there's no gravel and no craters anywhere on Earth. That's how we know <laughs> that it's not Earth. <laughs> it's definitely not Earth because there's like fire. You know, 3188 is where we've arrived. Yep. A little bit. Okay. So it was confusing for a moment whether she was screaming out of joy or out of uh, despair. Uh-huh. But I think she just did a, a search for a scan of her life readings. And when she found that there was life, yeah, she, she was like, all right, bet. This is great. So she was afraid that there would be no life anywhere except for that's right. Except That's for right. control. Yep. There's going to be a bunch of Lelands and all over the place. control would just destroy everything. Yep. See, I don't know why control would want to do that. Yeah, I don't understand. Just to, even just purposes. to defend himself. Yeah, what's the purpose of... I like how the uh, the angel suit, like, braces itself to jump. <laughs> like, yeah. isn't it, like, powered by a rocket of some sort? <laughs> you also got to wonder if uh, there was, you know, somebody in that suit holding it up and stuff too. Oh yeah, sure. I definitely thought that there was a mannequin standing there. I mean, clearly we saw we saw it eject itself from her, from around her. Well, yeah, but I mean, for the practical yeah, effect yeah. of on on set, sure. was there a human being in there holding up the suit? I think it's a great question. Then it obviously moves by itself. See the uh, hexagon thing that she's sort of case. What is that? With the, it's like, like out of your, it's like a pill minder. Oh, I didn't notice it. Maybe it's a. Uh... It was underneath the phaser. When oh, it's back probably radiation medicine. <laughs> it, it's or, a dramamine oh, for her uh, tumbling through space. Or maybe it's uh yeah, that's a good idea. Or maybe it's uh that water stuff um liquid iv 
that like triples your your uh, your your IV hydration IV? intake. No liquid IV. It's a it's a product. Not to do an advertisement for anyone, but liquid IV is a um, is a supplement that uh, supposedly. IV. Your... I mean, things that are are in an IV are automatically already liquid. Oh, fair I've enough. Never heard of liquid IV. Yeah, well, liquid IV, which you can. It's kind you can, of. It's for a, it's a hydration, energy, and sleep mix. You can get it at liquid-iv.com. It's a little pouch, <laughs> like the little flavor pouchy okay. things. They do immune support. It's a super hydrating okay. formula. It's good stuff. Oh, so it's like a drink powder mix? Yeah, it's an electrolyte drink mix that uses the science of cellular transport technology to hydrate faster than water alone. That's what it is. But the thing is, the name Liquid IV just seems redundant. Re redundant, yeah. Sure. You know, I mean, everything that goes into an IV in your arm when you're in the hospital is liquid. That's true. <laughs> they don't send you powder. They don't That's... push through, you know, ham sandwiches. Oh, what's funny is that Liquid IV is not liquid. <laughs> it's a powder. <laughs> It comes in uh, lemon this. lime, acai berry, and combo pack. So you got your new uh, uh, droids or whatever they are. Repair yeah, bots. the little BB-8s or whatever they are. I guess they couldn't well, they yeah. couldn't stand to let Star Wars be the only one with little stupid ass useless robots. <laughs> so like, well, you know, Farscape. <laughs> so I was I was always jealous of Farscape and its DRDs. So I guess they are DRDs. What were those again? Diagnostic I mean, I repair drones. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they they are the ones. They're little fire. antenna flashlights. Yeah, yeah, like little roaches. <laughs> I don't know why we but didn't I, have any of those kicking around the Enterprise D. That'd be awesome. Well, I mean, were they on? Were there? Was there anything like that on bum, the Andromeda? Bum. Uh, well, yeah, no, there was just Romy. She had her own. She had her own just extra bodies. So this is a. Uh, so uh, this is not New Zealand. This is definitely not New Zealand. I mean, right? It looks like Iceland. No, nah, it's is it? It's one of. I don't know. It's somewhere nice. We'll see. Um, one or the other. I think it's. I'm gonna say Iceland. Iceland. I'm gonna say this is probably Iceland. The, it. It. Well. Iceland, I think it's Iceland that has uh, some of the newest land, or the oldest land? Newest. On Earth. The oldest rocks, I think. Oh, okay. They're, uh, you know, they really put the um, the, the stunts of, and effects, court, uh, stunts and, like, fights coordinators. Like, they really put them through the ringers. <laughs> I just looked at something up that said that filming on season three began on in July 2019 on location in uh, Ireland. Ireland. Okay. Oh, I read that wrong. I can't spell. It says Iceland. Is what that <laughs> it was Iceland. Okay. Yeah, it was yeah, indeed that Iceland. Makes sense. That reminds me of the Black Rocks. I don't know where they have a lake, but or is that just an ocean inlet? I also let me let me just tell you some some secret. Um, that's a little secret. Okay. Uh, so 
uh, you know, Star Trek series oh, section thirty-one was scheduled to start filming when Star Trek Discovery season three ends. Okay. Isn't that pretty exciting? No, I'm counting. I don't know what really mattered. <laughs> Did it really matter? Did what matter? Who counted? Oh, well, yeah, it kind of does. Because when, like, so when I count into the episode, like we just did, uh huh. I know in my head when I'm going to get to three. And I have a little bit more control of when I push the button than if I'm waiting to for the for the uh, sound waves to reach my ears and my brain to process it. My brain's already processed that I'm going to say three and I can push the button at the same time I say now. Okay. I guess that's... If that makes any sense? I, sure. It seems a little, a little unfair, but that's okay. You know, and then there's always the question, that, the joke in the, in the movie, okay, so are we going on three or three and then go? Oh, sure. You know? Yeah. I have a feeling that, and don't, you're probably not going to spoil it for me. I have a feeling that this is Terralysium, that he, that the name of the planet has changed in the 930 years that it's taken her to get here. So that is an interesting thing that I thought as well at around the same time as watching this episode. And I'm going to say, I will not tell you right now. I don't know why he's being so paranoid but then I don't live in his skin or his time or his time um, you know the, time. The, the name drop of the Gorn is kind of interesting I'd like to learn more about that yeah they destroyed two what two two light years of subspace I I don't remember what it said. I mean, I, I need to said. see this particular scene over again without distraction in my ears, because there was a whole line that I missed where they that led them into the reason for them counting. Oh, after she bests. I like him. how he immediately knew where to take her. Oh, oh, oh! This is his ship. Never mind. I take it back. Yeah, the ship that he thought she was trying to steal. The wood in his there's so much wood in oh I I'm I can assume I I guess that that's programmable matter and not really wood. <laughs> it's microbeads. It is microbeads. It's all just microbeads. <laughs> Everything is microbeads. Uh, you know the the dilithium recrystallizer. Is something that we dealt with last season, correct? Like, wasn't that what the Zahian Queen? I think the Zahian Queen was working on. Oh, okay. crystallizer. That's Isn't, why she doesn't double take too much, but she knows that dilithium. She knows that, like, in Scotty's time, Scotty can't do that. He has to invent a way to do that. Yeah, because Discovery took all that secret with her, with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, it's not oh. something she's familiar with other people knowing about. Oh, sure. Sure, sure, sure. That cat is huge. I mean, even as far as cats go. Now, it's hard to tell because it's not, its hair is all long, but. Oh, 
Yeah. His name is Book. So his name is Book. So like the guy's name is Kraft from Calypso, and he doesn't want to share a name. Well, and the cat's name is Grudge. I was starting to wonder, okay, do, do people just stop using names in the in 930 years in the future and they just pick a random object and name their kid that? It seems that way, right? <laughs> Or, or just open up the dictionary and you know find oh the cat's name is Grudge because the cat always holds grudges against me because cats are terrible. I think that he explained it as uh, what did he say? He explained it as uh, it's very heavy and it's all mine. <laughs> Dogs rule, cats rule. I suppose. <laughs> You have no opinion. No, none whatsoever. Um, only because I have neither of them. I'm allergic to. I am allergic to cats, though. So I've never owned a cat in my life. Uh -huh. I've never really owned a dog in my life either. Like I've, I've, I've had dogs that live with me. So I've never okay. owned one. Well, can you own another life form? I don't think you can. Well, I mean, I don't think I can. Maybe others can. I don't think I can. You can compensate somebody for trait, you know, acquiring the life life form, but you, they're still their own individual. Sure, exactly that. You know, you can compensate somebody for a butler, but a butler still is getting paid and doing the job that he's doing. Yeah, I believe so. Or am I because digging myself into so, a grave? Correct me if I'm wrong, but a moment ago he just had a let. Oh, they went into his ship to get more clothes. Is that what they went in there? Oh, that's why they went in there. I was kind of lost on that until just now. Through on my like eighth watch through. Well, the other thing is, what else did they go into the ship for? Why did they need more clothes? It was cold. I mean, they were both inside. Like, they were both inside something to keep them warm. Well, they didn't. They but see, this is why Star Trek Discovery for this this um, one thing has decided to achieve the the tenet of show don't tell because clearly they just showed me that it's cold because they just both went and added more clothes. Well, he told her to cover up her uniform and stuff. Oh, okay. Make you look norm more normal. Everybody wears these kind of jackets all the time and stuff. Ah, gotcha. You know, that's just the style right now, is this heavy cyberpunk jacket. Oh, they're in Iceland, though. They crash-landed on Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that it's a little green and a little icy. It's funny, because there's more ice in Greenland, and they named it green. Well, I, I guess there was. I don't know what the state of affairs is now. Well, Iceland based on the Greenland. size of Greenland itself and the size of Iceland itself, I would say that even though it's melting a little bit or a lot, that Greenland still has more ice than Iceland. <laughs> oh. Of course, maybe in 930 years, maybe the name Greenland makes more sense. Oh, maybe the, maybe the name... Heme makes more sense for Iceland. Oh, maybe. Heme. So those moons are planets. I think they are moons, is, um, but I'm just is, guessing. I've never been is, there. Is Heme is Heme a planet or a moon? 
But for, oh, you know what? We know their moons because we saw them on the way in. We did. Yeah, we came down with them. Remember? Oh. We followed them all the way down. Oh, and now I we mean, are now we're in Blade Runner. <laughs> well, you wouldn't know. Yeah, I've never seen it. I was thinking we were in the Fifth Element. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, be sure you're sitting down. Uh, Mr. Dorino has not seen Blade Runner. Never seen it. Never seen it. No yeah. version of Blade Runner. No, there's Any, more than one? Huh. There's like ten. Oh, that's <laughs> interesting. Whoa, were those giant heads watching people? I think so. I don't I know. Didn't I didn't really know. The giant heads watching people. That makes me think of like Brick and Morty. Were they giant heads? I thought they were I think they were, so, I think were giant heads watching. Because at first I thought they were playing, like playing, uh, playing a board game or something, and then I looked down and it's just like <laughs> a digital readout that just says zero 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 zero. So uh-huh. I think that really um, they were just giant heads watching what was going on. So here you go. See that hexagon? Yeah. What? What? Doesn't it look like a pill miner? Yeah, it does. It's probably her pills. <laughs> so what do you think it is? It's probably her pills. <laughs> All right. It's I'm, I really do think it's like some sort of radiation, probably radiation sickness pills. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I really do think it's probably some sort of medication, something to keep you alive in various situations. Yeah. yeah. Maybe the uh, medical part of the medical tricorder. Oh, is uh, that the reader device for the tricorder? No, no. Oh, okay. Me- do medical? Oh, yeah, they do have the salt shakers, don't they? Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, they literally use salt no, shakers. I just noticed that little tiny guy. The what? There's little a, tiny guy? There was a little tiny guy back there, and there's a little, uh, and there was a shiny guy over there too. Shiny guy with a giant insect head. <laughs> oh. Oh, this, yes, this is Orion Lady. This is Orion Lady that we see again later on. Okay. When uh, he says, uh, talk about accessing his higher self. There's Michael Jackson. What now? Oh, that was Michael Jackson, just for a moment. The, 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 the person in the red suit? It was Thriller, <laughs> yeah. It was Michael Jackson from Thriller. Totally, sure. totally a uh, Michael Jackson impersonator. Yep. Got to have those still in the, in the 32nd century. <laughs> oh. So yeah, this the the setup for this uh like he has no is definitely cyberpunk. He has no guilt about this whole trapping her in a stasis field thing like Well, yeah, I mean he's totally, you know, Star Trek Han Solo. Yeah, yeah, 100% he is. That's definitely the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Book in his Millennium the, the, Falcon. The Millennium Falcon. No, it, it's the Millennium Falcon. Falcon. Oh, it is the Millennium Falcon. Fair enough. Right. <laughs> That's exactly what that is. That he flies around him. These little, uh, these little, those little Y-shaped little triple, triple part um, uh, security robots are definitely based on a Jet Reno design. I think they're the little things that greeted us on the USS Hiawatha. Well, they're they look like the things that the transporter taggers in uh, Star Trek Insurrection. Yeah, same guy. 
same thing. Same thing, same thing. See, the androids aren't, or the Andorians aren't quite like Andorians, even of uh, the 22nd century. Yeah, they're a little more, they're a lot more subservient for one. They are, they are terse and, terse and annoyed though. Oh, look at the door behind her with this, with its, uh, with its um, eyes. There was a yeah. See the door behind her with the eyelids half raised. Th those are those are uh, pokeball symbols. That's kind of what they. <laughs> <laughs> Is that where they keep their Pokemans? That is Pokemon symbol. Oh no, that's the Pokemon door. They're not mans. They're mons. Pokemons. Pokemons. Pretend you're. Pretend Pokemon. you're Jamaican. They're Pokemon. No, it's it's That's... not even spelled with an A or an E. Oh, it is in my head. M O. It's M O N. Uh, the plural form is Pokemon, and it, then it becomes P O K I M E N. Pokemon. Mm, Maybe two Ks. No. P O K K I M E N. Pokemon. No. Yeah. That's what it is. I think. I think it's like deer. Deer is a plural of deer. Uh, it Pokemon is a plural of Pokemon. Yeah, so deers, there's definitely more than more than one deers. Well, yeah, so when you're talking about multiple species of deer in the same field, then it's deers, or the same way with fish. Oh, what fish if I'm talking fishes. about the word deer written three times? Those are deers. <laughs> See? know that. Oh, so this little doing. guy, this little guy from uh, from from Deep Space Nine. So he actually reminds me of uh, wait, wait a minute. Oh, I just realized what he reminds me of, and that's a spoiler. I think we see that uh, a version of that guy later, later in the future. I mean, in this in this season, I think that we see that guy again. I think that he came over with a Romulan mining ship from. Spoiler. Yeah, I know. Spoilers. I'm so. Spoilers. Yeah, I know. I just. I know. I, I don't know what to do about it. Because I, I can't talk about it, but I, I do think we saw that guy in the future. Well, I mean, they, but as a hologram. They, they pointed the camera right at him, and for once it was still cam, so. So, Book. how do you feel about all the uh, shaky cam that they're. Imitating from all the new action, the Bourne movies. It is a little much at times, but oh, this guy's a Reman, isn't he? Is he a Reman? I think that's what he's supposed to be. Really? You, you might be right. Yeah, I think he's a Reman. There's one of those Buckhead aliens from uh, the Shinzo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was. It, it's the one with the silver on, right? Uh, there he was just one of the yeah, there in the back. Yeah, the silver. Yeah. This uh, guy, yeah, he could be a Reman. Uh, that's like the whole language. <laughs> so we can just, we, just, we, should, just... Re we should record an entire episode in that language. I think. <laughs> yep, I don't there we go. You know, to some aliens species, we are recording in that language already. Uh, yep. I mean. Oh, I do like I mean, the chemical reaction. The little uh, little foamy chemical reaction that they pull yeah. off. Pretty dope. The little uh, uh, 
yeah, if if someone knows so which make, two chemicals I should bring together, yeah, baking soda vinegar. But I feel like there's another one that does it like guy. way bigger. Yeah, you'll add a little squid ink to your baking soda and your vinegar. The, the the black snakes. Oh yeah, those are not cool on the sidewalk because they invariably stained. Or or the elephant elephant toothpaste dyed black. Elephant. So, guys, with your uh, your bingo cards, mark off MythBusters. Oh yeah, I think we mark off MythBusters pretty much every episode. <laughs> it's, a, it's a constant go-to for some of us. Uh, we are, we are, uh, we are. So I, here's one thing that I was confused about during my first watch of this episode was that the little hand blasters that the Andorians have. Uh-huh. I thought those came from the Mirror Universe. So why do we have them in the future? Mirror future. That's what I was wondering. Like, did she end up in the wrong future, or did they? Did the universe collapse, or like, what is going on? What just? It just seems strange to me that they would end up. Yeah, that's maybe that was part. So what? What's that blue blanket there? That was cloaked. Blue blanket. I don't know. Well, the blue big mass that appeared when they threw the. Uh, uh, the sonic boom at them. Yeah, right. I don't. I don't know. There's a lot of. I don't know. At this least... just seems like a really good defensible position. Oh, you're talking about under the waterfall. Yeah. It seems the cave okay, wall them and... but they need a little something well, better because clearly they, it wasn't. It wasn't enough. They. Uh, they definitely. Okay, got... but look at where they o- end up. Yeah, the edge wide of open area. How is this more defensible? How did they get Listen, to that wide open area? Everywhere. Where is the waterfall? But the, like, how the, far do these trans- personal transporters work? Like, can they do transwarp? You know, like, uh, like, uh, can they do well, transwarp? Like, I mean, uh, they, they teleported outside of the city, so they're still on the same planet. Yeah, but how far can the transporters go? Is what I'd like to know. What's the range of a personal transporter? What's the range of a starship transporter? It depends on the starship. Depends on the age of the transporter. Well, and remember, there were transporters that could. Uh, in uh, the episode, the kid, Doctor Beverly, and they for to uh, cure her, his people. He was rebels. They used like subspace transporters or something, and they could transport light years or something. They were super unsafe. Well, they were, but maybe they found a way to make them more safe now. Oh, in the 31st true. century. That could be. Not only that, but the the Ferengi had the what 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 kind of transporters did the Ferengi have where they could actually transport like f- way far away or whatever. Well, I don't really know. There I, there was an episode with Bach where he trans uses a a dimensional transporter or something and he's able to transport from they don't even so far away they can't even detect his ship oh or where he left from oh uh, they could have she likes punching him in the face doesn't she well we're all gonna punch somebody i don't i don't know better than punching him in the dick in the gut <laughs> I mean, she could totally just on the chin, cock shot him or something. 
she could. She the chin's still his face, so. So this lake has little icebergs in it. It's got to be cold in there. Yeah, it's, there's, yeah, ice indicates cold to me. I don't know if that does that to you. <laughs> and after, uh, after she does all the punching, uh, slapping in his face or whatever, he decides to find her some medicine. That's cool. <laughs> well, maybe he needed the medicine for his broken nose. Perhaps that's it. <laughs> and he, he, it just also happened to be able to work on her cut. She says, I never get been shot before. There must have been a projectile that was shot at her because there was they were using like plasma or phaser energy. She said she's never been shot before. Well, she's never been. Obviously, she got cut by something. Which well, she got shot out of the Shinjo to go flying through space in episode one. <laughs> she got shot well, out of the out of the uh, Discovery to go she, flying through space with uh, with Pike and company. I think episode one of season two. Yeah, she got shot out of a yeah. wormhole well, at the beginning of season three to go crash land on a planet. <laughs> I don't know what she's talking about. She's never been shot I before. Think, I think she meant that she never received an injury from a projectile before. Oh. Uh, which indicates they weren't just shooting plasma bolts or whatever. They were shooting something with some, some form of a projectile, projectile. that's sharp enough, sharp enough to cut her. Huh. I mean, the injury, I'm just saying the injury isn't consistent with what we think that they were shooting. Typical energy weapons. Yeah. It's not a burn. It's uh, an abrasion. So a laceration. Could it be something that they got while they were jumping around in transporters? Um, or something she got when she, like, jumped off the cliff? Well, when she explained where the injury came from, she says she's never been shot before. Ah, uh, I see. Fair enough. Uh, it's always possible she was ignoring the question and changing, changing the subject at the same time. Oh. Uh, possible. Not all that likely, but I think possible. Uh, they they so, did pick, they picked a really good location. I'll tell you that much for for. Uh, yeah, well, and you got your boy in the topless now, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so that is again. That's the, that's the thing I appreciate about uh, Star Trek Discovery is that we don't do like gratuitous nakedness, right? <laughs> but everybody gets their everybody gets their one chance if necessary. You know, if, oh, so we don't we don't do the HBO thing where women must appear on camera nude within the first season. Uh, see, I know better than to make any rude comments about any member of this cast because they're all beautiful, but period, I'm going to, moving on, <laughs> what, what, what listen, kind of like, comment were you gonna make? I don't know, Saru was Maybe. unnecessary, I did not need Saru naked from the Oh, it's hopeless. Like, oh. the man, I don't know, it's not bad. Just, oh gosh. I, 
Saru. Okay. Like, Are you doing that on purpose? <laughs> I, was just, I was just thinking of Saru again, sitting on a bed. Oh, he wasn't that bad. I, it was, you know, I would rat, if you had your choice, okay. So if you had like Saru, Saru, and Saru in front of you, would you, ensla- and you have to pick one to enslave, to have sex with, and to listen sing, which one are you doing to reach Saru? Listen sing. Okay, so, so for Saru, you go let's do him sing. And those other two Sarus, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because it's all to deny. Oh, that was a really good song. Whatever that's, I wish I had the lyrics to it or the meaning of it. Okay. I don't know if you guys have noticed here, uh, but we we haven't started talking about the show yet. This this may be one part that both of us think is just kind of boring. You know, I don't know if that's the truth or not, but really it's well, just... Well, they're uh, about to open the cargo bay, which is never visible when you're flying the ship. Uh, oh, my heavens, okay. So, the Andorians and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, Orions. The Morn and the Orions. So, the Lurians is what you're trying to say. This, I was, I was super excited when I saw two Deep Space Nine-ish characters appear. I was sure that at the beginning of the episode, the guy who was, uh, who was chasing Book and firing on his ship and saying, I'm going to get you because you stole my junks. Um, was uh, a guy from Deep Space Nine, a traitor that we saw like all the way back in like that Entertainment Weekly that had the features of the aliens of Deep Space Nine before Deep Space Nine came out. Um, and mean, then we saw the, the, the Reman. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that I now think is Reman. Yeah, 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 that one. I, I guess I don't think I don't think he's Reman anymore. I think, but he is. <sighs> Spoilers. There's a Tellarite. We can talk about it later. So, yeah, he, there's a Tellarite, but not a Tellarite, because Tellarites are supposed to be short, right? Like, real short. I love how his leg just comes off. Oh, there's blood splatter on the camera. When uh, the sl- giant yeah. slug comes off. Yes, Was they're, that yes, an they're, they are. They are uh, viciously gratuitous on this television show with their blood sometimes. I noticed that back, like, in season one, when they do some of the Klingon, like, fighting scenes there would be like a little extra blood shooting like off that like you kind of have to like really look at it a few times to notice it um i think this was a uh i remember what was the show called spartacus that had like a whole bunch of like cgi blood for the first time like flying off of bodies oh, i've never seen that i think that's the first time i remember uh any like backlash or commentary about a show doing cgi blood <laughs> and it was quite gratuitous, but like I think that maybe doing that show allowed people to learn how to do it, so it didn't look so like so much. Because <laughs> it can actually be like when well, you overdo I mean, the blood spatter, it can be kind of amusing. I think my first, well, my my first live action HBO series was probably Game of Thrones. Oh wow! Oh wow! <laughs> okay, so you just started watching HBO? No, I mean I don't have HBO. I'm not watching it anymore. But um, I ne- actually well, never finished Game of Thrones. Well, I mean, and, like just as in your life, because like I remember yes. watching HBO shows, like when I was very smaller. <laughs> oh okay. Well, I mean, I guess does does from the Earth to the Moon count? I don't know what that is, but it sounds. That's the that's the show that uh, Tom Hanks made after he made uh, Apollo thirteen. Oh, he made a whole series of semi dramatized but uh, 
documentaryized. Okay. Uh, for the entire Apollo missions. Okay. So he kind of did that. And then I've seen Band of Brothers, which of course is Tom Hanks one again. But I, oh, didn't, okay, see sure. that, I didn't see Band of Brothers until much later after it had already come out. A lot of these show, shows I had to wait until DVD or Blu-ray to, well, back then DVD to to watch them. So, you know, I get them from my library if after they came out on DVD because I couldn't afford them on my own. Good. And I've never had access to HBO other than like the uh, free temptation, you know, preview nights or whatever. I don't mean to interrupt you're talking about other things that are not Star Trek, but let me tell you, when th this little ship that uh, this guy book has is pretty dope. Yeah. Like it's kind of like, right. uh, it's kind of like a, a knife. Like when it's stuck in the ground, mm -hmm. it's kind of like a knife, like a, like a switchblade. And then yeah. the, the, when it's slicing through the warp effect and the warp effect is going around, I like that shit is pretty dope. You know? Yeah. Except for when it was, when we're outside of the ship and it was doing kind of a twisty flying thing, the the warp tunnel that it looked like it was in reminded me too much of hyperspace. It, well, it, it, I always thought it looked like a quantum slipstream. Oh, okay. Oh, there was a little, not blood, but it was actually water splatter onto the lens from when the uh, giant slug splashed the lens with water after it came out of the water. Uh, so it's a, it's a transform. Is what those things are called. Yeah. I'm not really sure that I understand quite quite yet the um, the connection that he has, but he has like some sort of connection that may, you know the things same thing that like makes his head glow yellow and junk, yeah, and he's yeah. like well, doing I don't the think thing. He's human. Oh, he's certainly not human. Well, I don't think he's human either, or at least not 100% human. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think he's I human mean, because he can do all that stuff. But also, I don't think they're anywhere near Earth. Okay. Uh, because if I understand the way the uh, the way the Federation is broken up, like if they were within a reasonable range, like I don't think they're in the right area of the galaxy at all. Okay. Well, do you think that they're in the Alpha or Beta quadrant? I think they're near the. I think they are near the. Uh, I'm not sure where they're near. They may be near the... I'm trying to figure, think they may be near... Wh where was Deep Space Nine? Because there's a Lurian there, right, with them, and there's an Andorian and an Orion, and they're kind of, like, from way out there with the Cardassians, aren't they? Maybe? I don't know. Well, the Andorians are not, but the Lurians are. The Andorians and the Orions are fairly close to Earth because uh, they were only... Dis they were discovered within the range of a Warp 5 engine. Oh. Fair enough. I gotcha. So actually, no, they were discovered before that. So they were discovered within the range of like a warp two or a warp three engine. Huh. Okay. All right. Hey, can you hear my phone connecting and disconnecting? No. Okay, good. All right. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, where was I? Uh, okay, so...
there's a there's a tonal change to this season from last okay. season that I very much appreciate. Uh-huh. Like, okay, it seems like it's 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 like all fresh new stuff, right? Like this feels like uh-huh. what Star Trek Discovery should have been from the start, and they spent two years bumbling around in canon just to prove to us this was Star Trek. Like this right yeah, here yeah, yeah. is what Star Trek Discovery should have been. Like all new, like wild shit. Yeah. Like the transworms are new, the Orion yeah. Andorian like uh, uh, syndicate, the uh, the the Lorians popping up. Like seeing all like the old aliens in wild new configurations like my idea for a future of star trek would have been was something along the lines of like just all the races had like just changed some like like the klingons were now like yeah yeah they, like like warrior they evolved types. a little bit in the last thousand years yeah 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 like there's been a change you know some changes across the galaxy so you think that they could have just plain old started star trek at 3188 and just said well you know what it's been a thousand years since we've seen a Klingon they look like this now (laughs) yeah like why did we have to go and create that issue with the former fans and say you know have them button heads about whether these are Klingons or not if you had started me off with those Klingons and said they were in the future I'd have been like oh okay so Klingons have changed a little bit like maybe they've homogenized a little bit you know what I'm saying Okay. Like, that would be cool. Yeah. And like, you could have just been like, well, the Klingons were, we haven't seen them. You could have still, you absolutely still could have said, we haven't seen them in like in a hundred years. Right. And they come out all beast and like, you know, like that. And then they're still right. bringing Kalos together. Like all that, all that, they didn't have to happen in the past. It didn't have to be, and, and, and it didn't have to be Staric. It could have been any Vulcan that raised Michael Burnham. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you could have put all of that stuff in, but I guess they they wanted to I don't know because they well, they seem they wanted to connect but also they didn't want to connect really because they could have made the Enterprise look like the original series Enterprise you know what I mean and yeah. that would have been like a certain but would we have watched it for two years well the yeah the other thing is is if you started it in thirty one eighty eight you couldn't have done you couldn't have you couldn't introduce your show about uh, Captain Pike you what? couldn't have a secret backdoor pilot. You would have had to take Discovery to the past at one point, which I think might have been more yeah, reasonable. Yeah, and then they could have been run into the Enterprise, and they could the Enterprise right. could have helped them get the home. The Red Angel could have popped way back into the past and helped Enterprise, and then at that time, at some point, she could have gotten stuck there and had to serve with that crew. Like you see, like they could have done something because they went to the Mirror Universe. Like Spore Drive could have done it. They went to the Mirror Universe once. Mm-hmm. What if they went to the past because of the Spore Drive? Mm-hmm. And then we still could have done, you know, uh, um, Empress Empress Georgia, or I'm sorry, Emperor. Oh, I don't. What is her name? Emperor Ioponius Centaurus Augustus <laughs> Giorgio, uh sure. Regina Andor. Um, Chet, what that's her name? Oh, I wish I could remember that all together. Oh, I don't know. Uh, but we, anyway, we, so so. Uh, go ahead. Is Emperor Giorgio a descendant of Empress uh, uh, Sato? I I don't know. Can you tell me who that is? I'm very curious now. Oh, spoilers. Well, oh, Empress Sato, like uh, Hoshi Sato. Yeah. Is Hoshi Sato a mirror? Is she? Oh, they did Mirror Universe, also an Enterprise. Yes. Uh oh. 
Uh-oh. They did a, a, a whole episode <sighs> without a transporter accident, just set in the mirror universe. That we're just like, you know what? This isn't going to be a transition over. It's just this episode. They changed the credits and did a, a, a you know, how did the Earth Empire or the oh, Terran no. Empire, you know, get into space and stuff? I have bad news for you. Episode. Huh? I have terrible news for you. Uh-oh. <sighs> I'm sorry for. Oh, I had never started up again. I'm sorry for interrupting you, number one. (laughs) But uh, I have. You've now given me one reason to watch Star Trek Enterprise. Yay! (laughs) Don't feel happy. Give give Mr. Dorino a pat on the back. I know. You get your pat on the back. Everybody get your hands off me. Don't touch me. (laughs) Because I'm mad right now. I'm still not going to do it yet. If 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 you can pull up three reasons for me to watch. Oh, uh, Enterprise. <laughs> then, uh, then I'll watch it, and I'll even do a, I'll do a thing. We'll, we could do a thing. We can do a show. We could do, we can do, a, we could do a series of shows of uh, <laughs> whatever the hell that thing. So that's that's how well, much I'm, that's I how mean, much I'm willing to bet that you won't find two other reasons for me to watch uh, Enterprise. Uh, but the mirror, okay. you got me with the, you got me with the what mirror universe wink that worked. That was one. So you got two more things. You got two, you got two more things. And when you get number two, if you, oh, I said when, if you get number two, <laughs> no <Nope>, when, <laughs> I'm gonna be very very terrified because I just uh, I can't imagine watching this. Oh. <laughs> but okay, all right, you got one. You got one though. It's a good one. It's a good one because what mirror universe wink is is like became my shit like. You have no idea. You have no idea what's coming. Shh, don't tell spoilers. Um, uh, reason the, number two, Porthos. Uh, yeah, no. There's a dog uh-huh. on the fucking bridge. Get out of my face. Nope. He's not on the bridge. No, nope. I'll take your point back. I take your other point back. Because <laughs> <laughs> the damn dog. Oh, come on, damn it, Look, it, I was appalled. And, and Mr. Mr. Sexy Black Man has a cat on his bridge. Who? You're, you're oh, he's okay. So let's talk. Okay, so that's not my boy. That is Sonequa's boy, and that's not even Sonequa's boy. And I'm mad that she's like kissing on that boy and shit because she's supposed to be kissing on her father, Mike Burnham, right? Because okay. that's Ken Kenrick Green, because her father is played by her husband, right? Her the guy who plays Mike Burnham is the guy who plays Sonequa Martin Green's reason for having the green part of Sonequa Martin's last name, Kenrick Green, right? So like. The fact that she's all in there letting this other boy from Britain kiss on all of her and shit. And, like, he's not even as attractive. Like, he's nowhere near as attractive as Kendrick Green. And how dare he come in there and try to be kissing on this man's woman? How dare you? Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Let her go well, kiss her I mean, father that, and John. That's what when, it's supposed to be. I mean, that, there's a, always that's questions so about in Hollywood about how how do married couples deal with if the uh, one half of the couple has to do a sex scene? I'd have been like, girl, you could be Sonequa Martin. Bye. <laughs> Enjoy your little ugly man from Britain. You, you, have there, fun. No, by the way, there's there's no takes backsies. No? Oh, yeah, no. So, like, so yeah, no. So, you can, you can, you can keep your point. But be careful. Be wary. <laughs> <laughs> because there's no telling. When you might, when you might add another detail that might be the exact opposite effect. Uh-oh. Although, like, okay, so here's some things. Like, if I really learned a lot more about Denobulan culture, like a lot more, and like kind of saw it operate, that would be a helpful thing. Okay. But I don't think that happens. There's an episode where one of his wives comes aboard. 
I think I saw that one, and I think that's why I was so intrigued. Okay. <laughs> because, because I remember the conversation about like his four wives or something, and like the discussion of like their communal home and like how that worked. It just seemed like they had those fights, and they everybody like kind of chilled. And but there was also I don't know there was some interesting stuff about the Nobulans, and like I don't think we uh, I don't think they gave me enough information to really like watch that show for the. Ooh, um... Welcome back to uh, Star Trek Discovery, <laughs> Season 3, Episode 1, That Hope uh-huh. Is You, Part 1. It's yeah. been a long road. And I totally mind freeze. So last season we did a whole bunch of this Red Angel hopping around and stuff. Like, so let's think of the, let's think of space-time as a fabric and Red Angel as a needle, right? So she's okay. hopping around back and forth, back and forth, and back and forth. And then like, now she's made like a a stitch so a few stitches and like maybe she's made like a knot maybe she's like tied some things together and maybe that's why the mirror universe weapons are in the future mirror universe weapons yeah those hand weapons the andorians had we saw those in the mirror universe when the andorians had them in the mirror universe down with the firewolf yeah down on um him the planet that Giorgio bombed when Burnham got there and was aboard the Discovery as her captain. Those were the weapons that they were running across. Like, uh, who was it? It was Tyler and Burnham standing like in the middle of this like, uh, like, like dirt area before the Firewolf's whole village appeared from the holograms, right? Because they had a- adaptive sure. cloaking technology. The Firewolf, who was Volk, the time when Tyler fought with the Firewolf, who was Volk, and he said, Klingon shall fuck my two behair. He said, like, remain Klingon or die or whatever. Okay. <laughs> I'm so proud that I that, that. was season one. That was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about, though. But you got to, like, you got to remember your history, man. Like, are you, how are you going to so, know where you're headed? I got to see it a few times before. before oh, I, I so I've it. seen season one of Discovery, like, so many, many times. Like, I've seen it. I've watched it over and over and over again. Like, I've watched it. I've seen it. Like every time someone Once. someone comes and hangs at my house for like a, a month or so, which generally happens when they show up and they don't yeah, leave yeah. that day, um, I watch. <laughs> I, I like cajole them into watching uh, Star Trek Discovery because I'm like, oh, you haven't seen the new Star Trek? Check mm-hmm. this out. And then so we watch like the whole season, and then like we watch <laughs> the whole two seasons. And now I can't wait until someone <laughs> appears so I can watch the whole three seasons from from the start because like <laughs> it's so good. It's so good, okay. and to okay. me, it gets increasingly better. Um, right. It, and it it it's, you know, like a Star Trek series hits its stride. Here's my theory. Uh-huh. Jack Durino's theory of treks. So, my theory is that um, each Star Trek series really hits its stride around season four, right? Jack Durino's treks planations. Yeah, oh, so it's like a it's like a smooth jazz intro. Right? So it's like, hey, it's me, Jack Durino. Back with another episode of Trexplanations. So, how about Trexplaining? We'll, we'll just Trexplaining everything to you. There's probably, I'm sure there's something called Trexplaining anyway. Um, so my Trexplanation for uh, season four of Star Trek is that the season four is where we always start stride, right? It's where they mm-hmm. they know what the show is. They know how it works. They know how to work it. They keep coming back because it works, right? Mm-hmm. Keep coming back. It only works if you work it, right? So mm-hmm. they keep coming back to uh, season four and they keep trying on season one. They get a little like, they kind of like get their visuals together a little more and they yeah. figure out what's going to work on screen and what's not. And they figure I mean, out like how, what, how the tone's supposed to go and they figure yeah. out like what stories are the best stories for them to tell for the best reception. And okay. by 
season three there's because always somewhere in season one through season three there's always something that like fucks up the momentum like something you didn't expect that just like <laughs> happens right like all the time i don't know what it was this time it was uh yeah, I mean, every every Trek series has to find its footing in season one. And so that's what Discovery has to do. Um, sometimes it takes them to season two. Uh, sometimes it, you know, they get it within one season. It also kind of depends on how many episodes is in the season. You know, like the original series did, I don't know, 20, 30 episodes in the first season. And today that would be three seasons worth of Jesus. <laughs> no hyperbole to hide behind, but yeah, that that's almost <laughs> true. Like they they so season four, you know, it's where you get your collars right, you know, and you get <laughs> uh, spinoffs to start coming right, and you, everybody's zipper moves to the back, right. <laughs> <laughs> And, and like finally Worf's makeup is in one way now I know season 5 they're going to come along season 6 they're going to come along try to give you a ponytail and fuck it up but you know like it's the right way now and like the skull is the way that it's supposed to be you know Data's I don't know I enjoyed the ponytail so I just saw something today that talked about why Worf's the, the out, out of character reason why Worf's head changed between season one and season two. Well, I know what changed with season, season one and season two because the one in season one was yellow, number one. Like, I had like a shiny gold head. So it was weird. Nobody thought the show would be picked up for syndication and, and renewed for a second season. So somebody stole Worf's forehead. I'll get the fuck. I'm glad they did too. That so thing they was had awful. to recreate it, redesign it, and uh -huh. they improved it a little bit for season two. The season two one wasn't that great either. But the season three one, that's the wharf head that like I, <laughs> I know and love. They did change it a little bit for Deep Space Nine, but they made it more wharf somehow. Like it was so much better. <laughs> because like and then and then when they did oh, because when they did the the start when they did Star Trek Six and they made his grandfather's head, they I was like, oh, see, you know what? Let me tell you something I just thought of. Jack Dorino's explanations has just become <laughs> with a new idea. So check this out. So, so, so Worf's grandfather, Worf, right, from Star Trek uh, The Undiscovered General Country, Star Worf. Trek Six. yes, that guy. His skull is exactly between the Discovery Klingons and Worf. Did your brain just blow up? Maybe. Because, like, how, how do you, if you gotta just take it you gotta take you gotta pull up some pictures on the internet pull up some pictures pull them up side by side pull up like discuss like pull up who's the most famous like pull up core from discovery right and then like in another tab pull up um general wharf from uh from uh undiscovered right undiscovered right and then another tab i'm just gonna put um uh wharf from parallels tng right <laughs> Because that's like the perfect warp right there. It's the parallels one. So if I look at, oh, that's Core. I didn't mean Core. I meant Cole, I think. Cole. Cole, who was the son of Cole Shaw. But like Discovery Klingons are very similar. So like his Colonel Worf is what it says. He's an attorney. Worf, right, father then, of Moog. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's the guy. Worf. That's the guy, father of Moog. Yeah. So if you look at like the way the, way the Klingons are then, and then you look at Worf's grandfather and then you look at Worf you, I can kind of see the design lineage between like the flow 
from one to another. Although, yeah, what it is is that General uh, Colonel Worf's like the center of it starts like receding back and making that like inverted V, and then Worf's like really like pops out a lot. Who, who's Colonel Worf? Colonel Worf was the attorney from uh, from Star Trek Six, the undiscovered no, Gen- country. It, General Worf was. Um, so I am looking at Memory Alpha, and it says Colonel Worf was a prominent Klingon attorney and diplomatic figure during the 23rd century. And I, I also believed that it was supposed to be Colonel Worf. I actually had, so the publicity still of, uh, of, of Colonel Worf, I actually had uh, that picture in my, in my bedroom, like an eight by 10 of it for the longest time. <laughs> Because I just love the idea of Colonel Worf, and I'm looking. I'm I'm looking for General. Did you find General Worf when you when you did you when you did a search? Because I would have I would have thought General Worf as well. That's how they name him in the movie, isn't it? I, I, I so the, I actually the just judge did a search. Is totally like General Worf. You I just, will... homie, I just did a search for General. the term General Worf, and what it returned to me was Colonel Worf. Well, then, on my phone general wharf the top one is wharf uh a pro a parentheses colonel parentheses but then the one below yeah. that also from memory alpha is just wharf father of moak yeah i i think that uh i think that during this time now let's Unless let's memory let's beta. go ahead and let's go ahead and know for sure between me and you that that gentleman at one point became a general absolutely i am aware of that it may not be listed here but i it is my belief also that he may have been a colonel do that during that movie and was probably and very likely promoted just after that movie which is why our memories say that he is general wharf because we grew up in the 27th century on the starship enterprise d <laughs> so our memory did i say 21st you said 27th did i said 27th Yes. Wow, that's cool. I wonder which which generation of Enterprise we grew up on then. Was it like the T? <laughs> the USS Enterprise T. Hmm. Or well, maybe it was the J. We call it, no, 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 because um, the J is only eleven generations forward <laughs> okay. of of Starship, and they last they last about a hundred years now. So you got to imagine that later they last longer. So, twenty seventh century. You know what? I don't know. I'm just gonna say. Let's just stay here on the 24th century where we live. Well, where do we live now? We live in the 30, 32nd century in 3188, around the time of uh, Star Trek Discovery, season three, episode one. That hope is you, part one. <laughs> you return the show back to its. He did. Here we are. Here we are back on tracks. Back on Trek tracks. Trek tracks. Trek tracks. Here's my mm. screen. Oh, but see, that's that, that's the podcast about uh, Star Trek music. That's the thing. Yeah, see, then we have to we have to listen to and review Star Trek music. And how do you do that on a podcast? Like, can you can you play a copyrighted work in order to review it for a podcast? Legal Legal has a lot on uh, copyright law and, and review and stuff. And Star Trek Discovery last season had a lot of trouble returning to um, the story points, the touch <laughs> points of the story. Like at the very beginning, there was when. The little girl dug her hand into the ash and threw the stars into the sky from the tribe, uh, from the yeah. Abu Abathwa tribe. And uh, we didn't go back to that. And I was very surprised about that. Um, so it is with great pleasure that I see that we have returned to 
the yes. gentleman from the beginning of the story who was there before uh, yes. Commander Burnham ever appeared. Spoiler, sweetie. The outer hull of this space station, at least we know, is not a hologram. But it seems if you know, I don't. So, so here's what I think. I don't think that any of that stuff is holographic. I think it is uh, what we of uh, beta canon term uh, catoms, which are C atoms, which are like programmable atoms, and you okay. can move them around and tell them to be to assume different forms. Uh -huh. And it is derived strangely from uh, Borg technology that Voyager brought with them back from the Delta Quadrant. So when when things uh, hover in the middle of the air and they bring up their hologram thing, yeah, hovering holograms. Yeah, I don't think those are holograms though. I think those are actual matter. Oh, okay. Well, either way, it's a it's a it's a blueprint of the station the way it originally looked before it blew up. Okay. Or partially blew up. Yeah, I really, um, I really am very curious about the design aesthetics for the 32nd uh -huh. century. Um, sure. There has got uh, no 32nd. Mm -hmm. There's 3188. Oh, you're right. 32nd. Yeah. So, um, I yeah, I really want to see. Like, I see that like all these starships are destroyed, right? But this is the this is the story of Andromeda, right? Like, this is this is it, right? Like, we're not. I'm not fooled. Right? This is this is. Is it, isn't that right? You know, I never saw much of Andromeda. So, Andromeda. Yeah, so the idea of Andromeda was Andromeda got stuck in yeah, yeah. during war in at the edge yeah, yeah. of an event horizon for like a thousand right. years. And okay, once they yeah. came out, they found that the, the, the quote-unquote uh, systems alliance had fallen and they go around trying to like recreate the systems alliance. So like yeah, this, yeah, is, this is that story. And I love that story. Like that story is awesome. Like story okay, even, yeah, yeah. even includes so this like a ship's AI. Which yeah, we now have, we brought it with us. Like, <laughs> yeah. So this is uh, this is the scene that that starts to actually get the uh, uh, water faucets running for me. Uh, is where she finally starts to get some answers and things start to click and fill in for her. Yes. And then finally, when you know they're he he's like giving his speech about you know the hope that he's had and the dream that he's had to meet somebody like her and and you're the hope that I've been waiting for the hope you know and hey. talk about flying the flag again this the, it, it's it's in the corner of my eye it's not full on waterworks but it's it definitely brought me to to tears that they watching. are the hope that each other has been awaiting <laughs> yes exactly and and just seeing some of the um, flat, the cut cuts over the book book and his reaction makes me wonder if he's kind of like a secret agent Starfleet kind of secretly Starfleet oh I think maybe that's just his face <laughs> because like he I think he has like the ideals of Star, Starfleet and he appreciates Starfleet but he's yeah, not yeah. Starfleet because there is no Starfleet okay. and like I don't know if the the, the the life that he has um, come to manhood in is one that's going to be like uh, easy, easy to uh, put in the constraints of Starfleet but there are there's a difference between ideas and values and needs and wants right okay oh did she actually cry a little bit there okay but I mean he's definitely you know 
PETA. 20, 30, 30 second century PETA. <laughs> well, maybe not quite that bad, but you get what I'm saying. They, um, <laughs> they, they did a good job on, uh, bringing about representation on this show again i i call yeah. back to representation with this show because who expected it to be a now i'm going to assume that this man is indian i don't know if that's yeah yeah i don't know if that seems racist but he seems like maybe some sort of middle eastern or yeah, yeah. you could be pakistan i you know i don't even know like yeah. i don't know what the visual differences between people are in general but i would i wouldn't hesitate to say that maybe he's indian yeah, he definitely comes across as, as Central Asian. Sure, yes, Italy. that is the term. Thank you. That's what I'm looking for. But so, the, why did the box just appear on the desk? Was it cloaked or was it? An I think it's like I said. I think it's programmable matter. So I think the matter, like this, this, the system that the station entails is a programmable matter system. So like when it needs, okay. when you need something, you just touch a button and it creates that. Out of there, this is shake the hand, double handshake, and quadruple handshake. <laughs> but I mean, it's always there on his desk. It's just yeah, like know, if it doesn't I, need to be there, you could store it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, look, don't need to have well, this program. What was open the term I coined earlier in the episode? Uh, you mean the title of the episode? No. Our our episode, yeah. Yeah, everything is microbeads. <laughs> yeah, microbeads. There, it's microbead matter. You, you don't have to rub in that you made the title of the episode. <laughs> I the flag. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, the let well, me tell you the the flag well, is the, very. The other thing the other thing they're doing is just also reaffirming like us currently in the twenty first century. The people in the 21st century that are working towards the ideals that they're actually talking about reaffirming and returning to in this time period, this time timeline. Yeah. So we're we're making sure that uh that we know that everything will continue. Yeah. As long as you keep working, as long as we keep working for it. I love that the fact that they raised this flag, and it's also a very it kind of makes me sad because it seems like there should be a lot more stars. Well, I mean the the modern the little 24th century flag viol- doesn't have very many stars on it the little piece of violin at the end yeah. are, are you going to watch the end of the show trailers the end of show trailers yeah because right now it's saying like this season on Star Trek Discovery oh I haven't gotten um, that far yet oh I have I, I myself the first time. I wouldn't watch those if I were you Oh. because okay. those contain lots of spoilers I don't remember if I watched them for season two. Yeah, I did not watch them for. I I don't watch trailers. I, after season one of Star Trek Discovery, I do not watch trailers. Okay. Because the trailers will ruin things for you. Okay. To it, there was the episode where Tilly gets sucked into the uh, into the uh, into the little cocoon and and taken yeah, yeah. into the spore sporeverse, and yeah. uh, they ruined that by bleeding the trailer where she gets out of the thing like right into where she got disappeared into it so i mm-hmm. after that i stopped watching trailers they went right into the trailer instead of yeah. cr- credits and then trailer yeah i don't like that so at now all. they're giving you credits and then trailer uh so you know that it's well although this they time just now just now they gave me directly from handshake and flag to this season on star trek discovery 
Oh, mine went to credits right away. Ah, uh, lucky you. Oh, you're watching on a different type of device. Maybe that has... Yeah, probably. It's probably it, because I am watching on an Android. Uh, this was an Olatunda Olsen Sanmei episode. I got to tell you, Tunde's been hanging out with Fricks, because there's a lot of flippy-dippy stuff in this episode. I mean, there's a lot of handheld. That's what's driving me crazy. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's part of uh, the Fricks influence as well. Does, does Frakes do handheld? Frakes does handheld and he does flippy dippies. He does lots of flippy dippies. Were there flippy? I don't remember flippy dippies. Yeah, you'll, you'll have to go back and watch it 85 times like I have. <laughs> You've had 85 guests in your house for a month? No, but I really wish that I had watched it that many times. I have definitely watched this season uh, several times through during the time that we've been working to get you to this season <laughs> in light of the, uh, the podcast that we're doing right at this moment. You know, there's plenty of spoilers just with the uh, the crew shot of the splash page. So look at the titles. The titles are a little bit of spoily for this season, so don't don't check them out. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your uh, Twitter survey for the day, week, year. So, Mr. Dorino. Yes, sir. Are you, well, first of all. Jack, that's me. Yeah. Do you ever cry or even tear up for a fictional character on TV? I cried for Tasha Yar. Cried for Kalar. Which one was that? Uh, Kalar was Worf's wife. Oh, I cried for Dax. I cried and raged and and screamed for Dax. I was so angry about Dax. Kalar I definitely cried for. Okay, so I used to watch ER with my stepmother. I'm still sad about that. Uh Uh-huh. And I would cry at the end of ER episodes, you know. That's fair. But my stepmom didn't get why I did that. And I, you know, she wouldn't, she'd be like, it's a fictional character. Why do you care? Dude, I cried during season <laughs> two of Star Trek Discovery, like when thing, when certain things happened. Okay. So do you. <laughs> He's like, anyway, moving on. Do you cry? Oh my God, when- I cried during episode one of Star Trek Picard. When he was like, I don't want the game to end. I was like, I don't need to <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry. Please ask what? your question. Do you cry when the 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 show tries to tell you it's okay to cry? No. Or do you cry when no. you want to? Yeah, like at the end of at the end of last season, uh, at the end of season two of Star Trek Discovery, when when Burnham's doing all that fucking crying, I'm like, when why is she doing crying? That? Like, why well, is she not, crying? Like, why? Yeah, is she crying? Or, or like when she's doing her speech about yeah her friends and a lot of those cries were not earned that she was doing (laughs) like she didn't earn that much emotion like she didn't even earn enough emotion to like be like teary-eyed saying goodbye to Volk or saying goodbye to Spock like she didn't earn Uh those tears but I see why they did it I guess some punk would watch this show and I'm just playing (laughs) (laughs) so so when you're told to cry you don't cry but you cry on your own terms Sure, sure. Okay, fans, audience, what do Ooh, you I say? Cried. What's you know your what? answer? I cried when Picard realized that he was going to say that there were five lights. Oh my God, that drew a tear from me. So yeah, the question, ladies and germs, is what? Uh, 
what makes you cry on Star Trek? Do you cry for Star Trek? Do you cry for yeah, fictional what's characters? Your, what's your trigger? Tell me what uh tell me what gets you going. Yeah. Trying to make that little muscle jump. Wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, what are we talking about? Oh, I got lost. The, the, also, the, ladies and gentlemen, it is okay. Jack and I are both identify as our uh, birth certificate assigned gender male. Yes, I'm a cisgender male. <laughs> You're not a cisgender male. No, I am a cisgender male. I'm a cisgender gay male. Absolutely. Yes, that's oh, who see, I am. Okay, I get, I get yep. what you're saying. Okay. Cisgender gay male. So it is okay in the 21st century for males to admit that they cry. Especially for gay males, I would assume. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not to say like it's easier for me, but like it might be easier for me, you know. Like, but yeah, I definitely, as masculine as I consider myself, I still definitely. Star Trek is the one thing that I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I'll cry about it all day. Fuck you. Because <laughs> 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 like, if you're gonna cry about something, at least cry about something that matters. You know, yeah. like Star Trek. You know, like unity, love, peace, honor, respect, hard work, teamwork, hope. That hope is you. Just cry about it, bitch. No, bitch. Just cry. It's okay. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Earl. Yes, sir. I think that's our show. Did you? Uh, do we have a sign off for today? Uh, oh, congratulations, by the way, to the Mars folks. All everybody who landed the thirty-five uh, Mars rovers that landed this uh, this past week. Great job! Thirty-five. Getting, yeah, it's like every the whole Mars is now crowded with all of our space <laughs> junk. Like everybody <laughs> sent some shit to Mars this week. Like everybody landed and say like nothing crashed into each other. Thank God, because oh, we're oh, idiot humans. Chi- hey, the, the but idiot. how dare you know what? I'm mad though because they all they were they're all traveling during a pandemic to an alien planet. That's not cool, man. Well, <laughs> stay you know, at home the, and wait until the pandemic cleared to make sure you aren't killing some other alien races with the goddamn coronavirus. Well, that's what they that's what they were very good at with the perseverance was they made sure that they made everything clean and they, uh, the, for the for the first thing they wanted um uh, they wanted to be sure that any microbes that they found were actually microbes that were on Mars before we got there uh, so sure. that they weren't brought with us through the uh, void of space. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, the perseverance isn't going to bring anything from the pandemic to to Mars and kill all the Martians. Oh, certainly, um, certainly not. I mean, John Jones can handle a little bit of the coronavirus. <laughs> I, I I don't know if uh, that's Justice League, ladies and gentlemen. Justice League on your bingo card. Thank you. I missed that reference, but okay. John, John J- Justice um, League. John, John Jones from the you know Martian, Martian Manhunter from the Justice League. Justice League JLA. Oh. Also oh, from Supergirl. John. Like Bork Superman. Yeah, John Jones. That's what I said. John Jones. John Jones. <laughs> yes, but when he was in his Caucasian cisgendered male form, he was John Jones. Oh. Okay. John right. Jones. Hey, Did John they Jones. Leave him out of the movie. I don't know, man, but in Cy- Cyborg Superman, no. in Supergirl, he was uh, Cyborg Superman. He was uh, John Jones, man. John Jones. It was John Jones. Yeah, that's my nigga, John Jones. Oh. Quite literally. Right. Anyway, um, so, uh, so, so I, yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the other nations that sent rovers to, to like, Mars. Did the other rovers land or did it just arrive? I think it was India, China, and the United States. China, China is not landing for a while. China's like, no, 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 y'all go down there and y'all fucking circle for a little while. Once we see if your shit fucks up, China's not landing until early. And we'll go May. down. 
exactly. Yeah, they're like, uh, no, we're gonna hang out here. Um, we got a little not- pandemic. We want to make sure we don't bring with us. <laughs> it's not India. It's the UAE. Oh, the United Arab Emirates. My bads. Yes. Yes. My apologies for mixing up my brown people. I apologize, brown people. <laughs> you You're can other feel brown free to, people. Feel free to. Oh, now he's othering me from the brown people. Okay, listen. Oh, I'm sorry. We got some. No, uh, you other you yourself, got, buddy. Send, please send all your hate mail directly <laughs> to <laughs> Earl Gray at stuffitoutyouranodynerelay.com. That I don't know, man. I, I know he has no respect, right? <laughs> send all that hate mail directly to him. No, that's what cut, he said. Cut, Wait, cut, what he said? Cut, cut, cut. <laughs> Oh no no no. Most of the all the way up until you said cut 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 cut, that's probably going in there. But let's do a little uh let's let's do a little sign off. So so what what are we headed into uh next time we get together? Well next time on the show we're gonna be far from home. California? We're gonna be far from. I'm, I'm betting you we're gonna go further than that, even. Japan. <laughs> See you next time, Earl. Next time. Uh, that's your sign off. <laughs> I don't know. You cut the continued making of this show through Patreon.com. Let's Talk About Treks is a production of Anodyne Relay supported by the Star Trek fan community of listeners like you. We review the copyrighted works of Paramount CBS's Star Trek team, of whom no copyright infringement is intended. You can reach us via email at email at letstalkabouttreks.com. You can leave us a message at area code 202-804-6312. Our producer is David Moody, and our writers, Jack and Earl, are on Twitter as at Trekstalkers, and would greatly appreciate the obligatory like and subscribe from wherever you're listening now. We record on Lenovo computers with Zoom, mix with NCH Mixpad, and master with Kako's Reaper. Our intro, outro, and interstitial musics feature samples from Awakening by Waterboy from Pixabay. We did take a little break. How was that? Did you guys enjoy the commercials? Did you enjoy the commercials? <laughs> Me? No, I was using my break time for my break time. I was using my break time for all kinds of business work and stuff and figuring out what the hell is happening with this uh, podcast. Yeah, well, I mean, I, <laughs> I I went to my reading room. What were we, were we reading something? Yes, I was reading something in uh, my reading room. What were Because you LeVar Burton told me to. Uh, how many times a day do you read? Uh, once or twice. Because <laughs> I, for one, am reading everybody that comes across my path constantly, all the time. Just oh, I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about actual paper books. Uh, how dare you call them paper books just because they're old? Leave the people alone. They're not old. I they didn't do anything new, to you. I got brand new books, dude. We're we're continuing, I think, our discussion of uh, of Star Trek Discovery season three, yay! yay! Episode one. That hope is you, part one. For some reason, give us a countdown. Five, four, three, two, one, go.